it's great to be here with you this morning. Today I want to talk about something that doesn't often come up in a series about the Bible. Something that will probably feel a bit counterintuitive to how we usually approach the Bible. Because often churches are so focused on the idea of getting people to read the Bible, they overlook a very important detail. And it's this. For the first 1500 years of Christianity, most Christians didn't actually read the Bible. Part of the reason for this is a really practical one. Uh, the first printing press, uh, the Gutenberg press, wasn't invented until 1440. This started a printing revolution. But before then, Christians simply didn't have access to Bibles. And so to engage with Scripture before then, Christians would re wouldn't read Scripture, they would hear Scripture read in the context of Christian community. They would gather together in communities, someone would read out loud, and often discussion was had about its significance. And what might be even more surprising to us is that hearing scripture in the context of community might be closer to what God had intended for scripture than us reading our own private individual Bibles and interpreting them for ourselves. Because the scribes of scripture didn't imagine they were writing a text for individual Christians to study, but messages to be read out in front of and for the formation of Christian community. Listen to what Paul says to the young church leader, uh, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4.13. He says, until I arrive, give attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhorting, to teaching. In Revelation 22.18, we hear, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. And in Colossians 4.16, and when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. These are books that are not written with the intent of being used for private reading, but for reading in community. Much of scripture was not written to be read by individuals, but to be read out loud and even performed in the context of Christian community. Bible scholar John Walton suggests that we could say that the books of the Bible were published by performance rather than by printing. And for that reason, today I will be uh, performing Song of Songs for you this morning. That's my idea of a joke. I, um, I actually don't have the doves for that anyway, so maybe, maybe next time. Uh, but this idea of reading and performing scripture continued for centuries and centuries in the early church. Listen to what the Bible scholar Valerie Alekin observes about the early church. She says, few individual Christians possessed the sacred books and even fewer could afford to pay a scribe to make a copy for them. Moreover, since the great majority of each congregation's members were illiterate, many Christians could take cognizance of texts only by listening to someone who read them out in the gathering of the Christian of the community. We live in a text-dominated world, but the world of Scripture, the ancient Near East of the Old Testament, and the Greco-Roman world of the New, were hearing-dominated cultures. And so what might surprise you is that uh, you listening to scripture on your phone on the way to work might be closer to the experience of the early church than reading at home, especially if there are others in the car. Where am I going with this? Well, I believe we need a recovery of the Bible. It's not just a text that we read on our own in private devotion, but that we read out loud with others in Christian community and wrestle with the meaning and significance of, that we need to rescue the Bible from our privatized, individualistic, and often fragmented approaches, and return scripture to the very community it should be forming. 
that in the context of gatherings like our formational communities, we hear scripture aloud and collectively draw out the significance of. And here is why. Firstly, uh, reading in community helps us experience the story of scripture from unique perspectives. Studies have been done uh, contrasting the differences between the way people in the East and the way that people in the West interpret the world. One such study got participants to watch videos of fish and then give feedback on what they saw. Western people would focus on the fish, usually the brightest coloured fish, and make comments about it, focusing in on what they saw as the subject. Uh, in our Western individualistic worldview, we focus in on the individual, even if the individual is a fish. Eastern people from Japan in this instance were 60% more likely to comment about the environment of the fish and the objects in the background, the stones, the aquatic plants, the sun shining through the water. Westerners focus on the subject while Easterners focus on the context. Another study compares the drawings of Japanese children and Canadian children. They found that Japanese children included more information in their pictures and placed their horizons higher up to capture more of the world, while Canadian children focused on the subjects or the individuals. In other words, our culture can impact the way we see the world dramatically. And culture is just one of the many ways that, inter um, that impact the way that we see the world. So when we read scripture, we bring these ways of seeing the world with us. When we read the Bible on our own, we miss out on the way that others see the world and scripture. We rob ourselves of the perspectives of others that help us see what we otherwise might miss. Here it pays to read scripture with people that are not like us. We don't need people exactly like us parroting back what we already believe and see in scripture. Glenn Poe in his book, Saving the Bible from Ourselves, comments, uh, when my primary practice is to sit and read the Bible alone, the, filter I, the only filter I get is the one formed by my current circumstances, my personal history, and my prior influences. I will be blinded to certain aspects of the text because I'm, only, I'm bringing only myself to the text. My own tendencies, my own interests, my own agenda will dominate. The way to break out of this is to begin finding intentional ways to experience the Bible with others, particularly those who are situated differently than we are. We often limit ourselves to seeing just uh, seeing scripture through just one lens, even though there are many. We need to read with those who are across the ethnic spectrum, with uh, men and women, with people of different ages, with the, um, people who are more mature than us and people who are less mature than us, people who have lots of faith and people who have lots of doubt. We need this spectrum of Christian community, not just because it helps us read scripture better, but also because God speaks to all of us through scripture in our unique context. And I don't want to miss out on what God has been saying. Reading in community prevents heresy. This sounds extreme, but when I was doing my undergrad in Christian history and thought, I was horrified to discover that I had inadvertently picked up a few heretical beliefs and uh, that the Christian church had previously fought pretty hard against. In 2018, 18, LifeWay research found that three in four Americans subscribed to the views of one of the earliest heretics, Arius. It's very easy to read scripture in isolation without any accountability and pick up some pretty bad ideas. It's harder when you have to share those ideas with others around you. Bible scholar Brian Wright says this, 
Communal reading is an effective but neglected safeguard against misquotations, misinterpretations, and misapplications. It's almost impossible to misquote a movie line or name the wrong player on a sports team without someone noticing and correcting it because so many people are viewing these events. Imagine the same thing happening with the Bible in your community. We live in a world that sucks at disagreeing with each other and challenging others who hold questionable opinions. Christian community should be an environment where we are open to having our beliefs challenged and worked out. If someone in your small group reads the story of Jesus uh, clearing and cleansing the temple and decides they want to go and ransack the local Westfield, well, thank goodness they have uh, the Christian community to correct them. Reading and community prevents us from making scripture all about us. When I was an intermediate, I had some very well-intended leaders take my church intermediate ministry program. And this is how they taught us to read scripture. They told us to take the Bible and to run our fingers over its pages and wait for God to tell us to stop. And when he does, open it and then run our fingers over the page. And when we feel God prompt us, then bam, there at your fingertips will be a word from God directly to you. I remember trying it out when I got home and being surprised that God was trying to communicate with me about the proper way to sacrifice a goat. This kind of approach is a highly individualized approach that has also been referred to as the magic eight ball Bible approach to reading scripture, where we bypass the Bible's context so God can speak directly to us about unrelated matters. These approaches to scripture turn it into a commodity to service our therapeutic needs as individuals. And it's this kind of self-obsessed individualist approach that's behind the additions to the Bible, like the Personal Promise Bible, which according to its advertisement, inserts your name and more than 7,000 key scriptures throughout the Bible. The Bible is for us, but it's not to us. And it shouldn't be reframed to be all about us when this inward turn towards the self and away from God and others is the very thing that scripture is trying to redeem us from in the first place. Reading in community prevents us from getting distracted and then giving up. An almost universal Christian experience is this. You feel like you should read the Bible, so you open it up and you begin reading. And you read this. Bob's auntie was Jim's mum who was Gary's goat's daughter, who, married a, who murdered a village of people, and in that village was Jeffrey. And Jeffrey's dad was Jack, and his dad was Jimmy. And Jimmy was a friend of a friend of a friend of Abraham. And we get 120th of the way through uh, a genealogy and decide, you know what? Literally anything would be more interesting than this right now. Reading in community helps keep us on track, both in the reading of scripture, the actual reading of scripture, and engaging with its significance. When you are listening to scripture being read in community, the odds of you uh, switching on Netflix in the middle of that reading are pretty low, not like 0%, but pretty low. Uh, the medium of reading and community helps keep us on track. But we also um, become more engaged when we realize the significance of texts that we previously thought were boring and pointless, like genealogy, genealogies. I knew a guy who was a missionary in Papua New Guinea. Uh, he was preaching the gospel to them, but he skipped the genealogies of the gospels because he didn't think they were important. Uh, he preached and, and he got an okay reception and the villagers were given their own copies of the gospels in their own languages, but they came back to him and they were furious. Why didn't you tell us about the genealogies? 
This makes sense of everything you were talking about, they said. That Jesus was connected all the way back to the start of the story was, um, of Scripture was hugely significant and authoritative for them. It made sense of the way they saw the world. And what my missionary mate considered mundane and boring was transformed by these people as he started to see the significance of being connected to each other as whānau. Reading a community stops us from reading in snack-sized portions. Of the 31,106 verses in Scripture, and the verse numbering system wasn't added until the 13th century, we have a tendency of taking one or two of them and turning them into motivational phrases for our lives and nice Instagram posts. This Instagram way of engaging Scripture might work well with Scriptures like this, uh, but they work less so with ones like this. <coughs> Our tendency to break down scripture into bite-sized chunks is great for those wanting to uh, commodify the Bible and sell us things. Short verses fit great onto bumper stickers, mugs, t-shirts, or even uh, testaments, mints with Bible verses on them. Powerful fresh breath, powerful message. Let's do a wee uh, thought experiment. Imagine with me a group of people who loved and followed the teachings of a book. Let's say it's uh, the book, The Art of Forgiveness by Phil Halstead. It's not hard to imagine this, um, that it's a great book because um, it's available in all good bookstores. Uh, and imagine this group of people swore by this book. They would get together once a week and talk about it. They would share their favorite quotes from it. Uh, they would base their life on it. They would go and tell others the good news about Phil Halstead's book, The Art of Forgiveness, available in all good bookstores. And then one day, someone says something crazy. How about... We read a whole chapter together. The group is shocked. This had never occurred to them. They'd only ever just talked about it a few lines at a time. And if most of them were honest, they actually had never really fully read the whole book. And then they worked out if they kept reading chapters together, it wouldn't take long before they finished the whole book and truly understood what the Apostle Phil Halstead was really all about. This seems ridiculous, right? But this is so often how we engage with scripture and little bits hoping to make sense that, um, hoping that we will make sense of the whole, basing our lives as a community on book that we're often quite unfamiliar with. Reading in scripture forms us collectively into God's story. The purpose of scripture is less about giving individuals the right ideas about God and more about shaping a community of people to live in this world as God's people, to grow a kind of people who embody Christ and partner with him in this world. We are to be the people of God collectively shaped by God's story for the good of others. And whether we are truly being shaped by the story and whether our interpretation is right will be evidenced by the kind of community that we turn into. Theologian uh, J. Todd Billings says this, we can say that a Christian interpretation of scripture necessarily leads to love of God and neighbor. If it fails to edify in this way, then it does not matter how much linguistic and historical study was done it is not interpreting the Bible as Christian. We need to start engaging with Scripture the way God intended us to, with others in community. This week, uh, you'll have the opportunity in your formational communities to hear an extended passage of Scripture. And I really encourage you to jump fully into this practice and remind yourself, this is what Scripture was written for. I also want to put on your radar that in a couple of weeks we'll be streaming an interview uh, which I'll be having with the world-class theologian Dr. Greg Boyd. He's the 
author of over 20 books, many of which are on scripture. And uh, Dr. Boyd is, a talented, is talented in having honest and engaging conversations about the Bible. So we're really lucky to have him do this interview with us. And I so encourage you to tune in for that. I want to leave you uh, with a provocative thought this morning. It's by the theologian Stanley Howass, who uh, really loves to wind people up. And he says this, no task is more important than for the church to take the Bible out of the hands of individual Christians in North America. Now, this is a very extreme position to take. But what he's getting at is that millions of Americans own and even read the Bible without having no bearing on their life, or even with worse and negative bearing on their life. And Howarth wants us to relocate Scripture back into the context of Christian community. He, too, sees the urgent need to read the Bible with others. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for uh, the way that you've created this world and the people in it, uh, the diverse people with different kinds of uh, perspectives and ways of seeing the world. We thank you for the body of Christ and all the different parts and roles that people have in it. And we just pray that we, um, we open our lives to others and choose to be shaped and formed by the uh, redemptive story of your scriptures. May we open our lives to each other, to you, into the story of you making all things new in this world. God, we so desire to become more like you. And so we, um, we ask for the transforming power of your spirit in our lives. Amen. <laughs>